I'm back, and there's plenty to talk about. Plenty has gone on since I've been on vacation. Tennessee got a five-star basketball commit who signed in Julian Phillips. Tennessee has a new opponent and a different venue to kick off the 2023 schedule. A couple of your Twitter Tuesday questions and a former basketball player playing hero in Game 7 of an NBA playoff series. That's your Tuesday podcast coming up right now on Locked on Vols. You are Locked on Vols, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, what is going on? This is Locked on Vols and I'm your host, Eric Kane. So glad to be back on the show. It's been since, I guess, last Wednesday that I've recorded an episode. Of course, you guys had episodes all last week. I didn't have one on Monday, so again, I do apologize for that. And I know there was some news that broke uh, late last week that we weren't able to touch on because I was out of uh, town. But here we are back, ready to get into it. Again, if you're new to the show, welcome to it. I'm Eric Kane. You can find this podcast at underscore Kaner and at Locked on Vols. Every single weekday morning, Locked on Vols, your go-to Tennessee Volunteers podcast. There's not another one like this where every single weekday, 30 minutes, it's the perfect uh, perfect thing to plug in on your uh, drive to work, your commute to uh, school, wherever you're going, Locked on Vols on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. So uh, let's go ahead and start with this. Tennessee kicking off the 2023 slate with a new opponent. How we feel about it, guys? I'm sure you heard about it by all, but it was late Monday noon when he announced they might be going to Pro Utah to take on the uh, to take on BYU. But instead, it will be playing in Nashville, and uh, as Virginia will be coming to town, Tennessee will play as the host team with the TV rights and SEC officials and all that. But the game will take place at uh, at Nissan Stadium where the Tennessee Titans play. And it will be a Virginia instead of BYU. So there's a couple of different factors that go into this, and we'll get into that here uh, momentarily. But first, uh, a quote from Tennessee Athletics Director Danny White. Uh, this is from the release that Tennessee sent out Monday afternoon. Pivoting to play this marquee non-conference opponent in Nashville made sense for multiple reasons. Uh, this is more This is more of an of a, uh, accessible game for our fan base. I expect that we will have a much larger contingent of fans in Nashville than we would have been traveling to Utah. Uh, to Utah. Our fans have also heard me talk about the importance of finding new revenue to grow our operating budgets and playing Virginia at Nissan Stadium is an opportunity for a net positive revenue game. I appreciate Virginia AD Carla Williams and the National Sports Council for working with us to make this attractive matchup happen, end quote. Uh, and of course, they did go through the Nashville Sports Council in order to make this kind of facilitate this, play the game in Nissan Stadium, uh, get coordinated with Tennessee and Virginia and all that. This is from uh, a quote from Nashville Sports Council President and CEO Scott Ramsey. We are thrilled to welcome the Vols and Cavaliers to Nashville on opening weekend of the 2023 college football season. Both programs have play, have a place in Nashville sports history. Having both played in the Transperfect Music City Bowl, we look forward to hosting them along with their loyal fan bases and once again showcasing Nashville on a national stage. Uh, this 2023 opener, the season opener between the two teams, will be the first time they've met since the 1991 Sugar Bowl. Uh, that was when Tony Thompson plunged in from one yard out with 31 seconds remaining to give Tennessee a 23-22 come-from-behind victory in New Orleans. The Vols lead this all-time series 3-1. The other meetings occurred in Knoxville during regular seasons of 1927, 1940, and 1980. Again, Tennessee will serve as the home team for uh, this contest. Uh, for this contest, and if you want ticket information, I'm sure that'll be announced at a later date, and you can probably buy them at allvols.com or uh, somewhere like that. But I mean, here's a couple of different things are in play here. So I, for one, and we had a 
you know, last week when I was on vacation, or two weeks ago when I was on vacation, well, we had an episode where it was me and Logan Ward talking about future non-conference games, and you know, I mentioned, hey, I'll, I'd be going to that game in Provo. It's beautiful. Um, I hear it's a great place to play football, just a gorgeous scenery, cool fans. You know, BYU's a pretty good football team, and so I was looking forward to that game just to go and cover it and, you know, just another another stadium to mark off the list, right? So I'm a little bummed in that regard. I think that's I think that's what non-conference games are all about, right? It's it's finding different teams, going to different places, competitive football games. Of course, you want to play the best of the best, but keep in mind too, Tennessee plays in the Southeastern Conference. You are playing the best of the best every single game. It's not like Tennessee needs to go out and schedule an Ohio State. Would it be fun? Hell yeah, it'd be awesome, right? It'd be cool to play Ohio State. It would be cool to play uh, the likes of uh, you know Baylor or you know Oklahoma. Of course, Oklahoma's coming to the SEC, USC, Oregon. I mean, those are fun games, right? Um, I'm not against that by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm also not sitting here saying Tennessee needs to schedule those games because, again, you're playing Alabama every single year. You're playing Georgia every single year. You're playing Florida every single year. You're playing a rotation of some other SEC West team every single year. This year, it's LSU in Death Valley and Alabama at Neyland Stadium. It's going to be challenging, right? So I was looking forward to getting uh, involved and going and traveling to that game. But here's a couple things in play. Does Tennessee really want to play this game? Okay, I see on social media every athletic director spinning it as a victory, and I think that's fine because I truly do believe there are pros and cons for all three athletic directors, all three programs who were involved in this, that being uh, BYU, that being Tennessee, and that being, of course, Virginia. Tennessee kicking off the 2023 season. That game would have likely been moved to a Thursday night or to a Saturday night to get on primetime television because they do that all the time out there in Provo. Okay, you're going to have a brand new quarterback. Could it be a brand new freshman quarterback in Nico Iamaliava? Potentially. Do you want that game? Do you want Nico's first game or the first game for somebody else to be Taven Jackson, potentially whoever, to be on the road at Provo? I don't know if that. Not, not just the quarterback position. You're losing Darnell Wright. Okay, you're losing Jerome Carvin. Uh, you're losing, you know, maybe maybe another offensive lineman. Do you really want it to be Cooper Mays and uh, Ollie Lane and you know, a couple other guys potentially? You know, Javante Spragans won't be on the team at that point. Do you really want to go out there with a new quarterback and three brand new offensive linemen and play on, you know, an environment like that on the road for their very first game? I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know if Tennessee even wanted to play this game, to be completely honest with you. It might not have been in Tennessee's best interest to play this game regardless. Uh, Tennessee also, if you were to cancel that game and you were to play at Neyland Stadium, I know a lot of people are saying, well, why don't you just play at Neyland Stadium? Why don't you just have another home game? Well, in theory, that sounds really, really good. But also, you would have to go and pay half a million dollars to get some group of five team to come up and play that game. Danny White said in his quote there, released out by Tennessee on Monday afternoon, that you know he has been wanting to have net positive revenue games. You know, buying or paying somebody to come to Neyland Stadium. When it's all said and done, of course, you make money in terms of you know ticket sales, concession sales, and all that. I'm not saying you wouldn't make money, but you'd have to pay a lot of money just to have somebody come and play you. So you don't want to take a financial bloodbath in that sense. You know, Tennessee will be the home team. Tennessee will be playing in Nashville, and the fan base will be coming and checking it out, right? Uh, the game would have likely been moved to a Thursday or Saturday, as I, as I mentioned. BYU, as we probably already know by now, already has Arkansas on that schedule in 2020, uh, 2023. Uh, moving to uh, the Big 12, obviously, it's already had to reshuffle a lot of those games, Virginia being one of those teams. Uh, it already lost BYU. Virginia was going to have to do the same thing that Tennessee would have had to have done: is pay a group of five, pay a lower level team, up and play. Nashville Sports, uh, or the Nashville Sports Group, the uh, Nashville 
National Sports Council, excuse me. Um, you know, they're taking a, a bit of the, the the top of the ticket sales are going to BYU, and then the you know some money's going to Tennessee, some money's going to Virginia. I view it kind of as a wash for the for the National Sports Group in reality. So any way you want to look at it, it's kind of like you can spend it as a positive for any of the three fan bases, any of the three football programs. Sure, a game at BYU on the road quality opponent, new venue, that's exciting for me. That's fun for me. But at least you're playing a Power 5 opponent. I understand playing in Nashville is not all that sexy. Uh, the Vols' non-conference opponents in 2023, of course, will start with Virginia in Nashville. It'll also be Austin P, UT San Antonio, and UConn. So there's nothing sexy about that time, or nothing sexy about the non-conference You know that season, I hear you. But uh, you know Tennessee's played in Nashville a, a ton of times, including the Music City Bowl just this past year against Purdue. So, and I know that there's been a couple bad losses that game included at Nashville and the field's crappy. And I, I get all that, but I think this is better in my opinion, playing Virginia in Nashville is a whole lot better than playing, you know, some other school that you're paying half a million dollars to, to come to Tennessee and doing that in Newland stadium. That's just my opinion. So any way you want to look at it, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where we're sitting right now in terms of the scheduling and in terms of what's going on right now. But BYU already playing Arkansas that season, going to the Big 12, having to reshuffle a lot of the games on the schedule. Virginia being one of them and looking for a game. Tennessee now, uh, you know, I'm seeing BYU spokesperson being quoted on Twitter saying, hey, Tennessee opted to get out of this game, which is true. But I think, in, you know, they, they also couldn't spend it into where they're getting out of the game because, they, you know, having an SEC team come to Provo, that doesn't happen a, a lot, right? So uh, I think any way you want to look at it, there's pauses for all three fan bases. But in the end, when it comes down to it, for Tennessee's perspective, it's did you want to host a nobody at Neyland Stadium or did you want to host Virginia at Nissan Stadium? That's kind of how you look at it. So that was the big game coming up, or that was the big news, rather, on a Monday. Tennessee has a new 2023 season opening opponent, and that is going to be Virginia at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, also, Tennessee, a five-star basketball commit and signee happened while I was on vacation. We'll break down Julian uh, Julian Phillips. I'll say Julian Nixon, former Tennessee football player who's into the transfer portal. But uh, Julian Phillips, uh, when locked on balls, returns. But imagine dipping your finger into a plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it's only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built Bar. I just received my birthday cake puffs. Literally, I got home for vacation. There was a package on the front door. I kid you not. It's right over there if you're watching on YouTube. I can't reach it, but it's right over there. And I've never had anything like this before, okay? They're available right now. We can't promise that they're going to be there tomorrow. So, you know, you need to go ahead and get on today at Built.com. If you haven't tried the puffs, I'll tell you a little secret because that's what friends here on the podcast do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. You heard me right. It's delicious flavored of marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolates. Make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs. Uh, Built has taken the delicious experience and biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and rubbed it with 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles on top. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, only 9 grams of sugar. It's a limited time flavor, amazing option if you're looking for that healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All the Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. They're made from protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits all the time. Go to Built.com and get birthday cake puffs right now. Okay, While you're there, use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. That's all at Built.com. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for making Locked On Vols your first listen each and every day. Make sure to check out the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen and Sam Ferris and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look of uh, looking at the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course the Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. That's the Locked On NBA Big Board Go ahead and check it out today. All right, so when I was on vacation, Tennessee gained the commitments of five-star false uh, small forward Julian Phillips. Now, I've been working in recruiting for quite some time. You guys know me. I'm all about football recruiting. I don't necessarily do basketball recruiting. I've talked to a couple of those guys before, but uh, that's not really my cup of tea. But, uh, you know, in, in working with VolQuest.com, there's, this is the first time since I've been there, and this has been a little over, I guess, three years now, that Tennessee gained a commit when we didn't necessarily know if Tennessee was going to get it. So, you know, behind the curtain a little bit, and this is no this is no secret. I mean, you see rivals do it. You see you know, 247 do it. You see on three. You see RTI. You see all the new Sentinel. You see all these different publications. You cover recruiting. You know when a kid's going to commit, but you never want to steal his moment, right? And so you have your interviews done for the most part if you're good at your job, and you have all your stories written, and you're just waiting for when the kid announces where he's going to go, that he says, hey, I'm committed to Tennessee, then you publish your stories, right? So this was a situation to where it was going to be Auburn or it was going to be Tennessee. You know, we didn't know if it was going to be Auburn or Tennessee, okay? Prepare, we're prepared, obviously, because we're good at our jobs, but I, we, truly the, the commitment uh, announcement for Julian Phillips was coming on Thursday at 3 o'clock. We didn't know if it was going to be Auburn or Tennessee, but it is Tennessee, a five-star Julian Phillips, and what a present for Tennessee Vol basketball fans on a Thursday afternoon. Six foot eight, about 175, class of 2022 from Branson, Missouri. Tennessee's newest basketball commit and signee. It was made official on Monday, Julian uh, Phillips. Per rivals, he's ranked 13th in the country for the class of 2022 and the sixth rated small forward his position. Uh, he is a five star, right? So he originally signed with LSU back in November, uh, but with the coaching change after the firing of Will Wade for cause and all that, he received his release. Uh, from his letter of intent and opened up his uh, commit, uh, opened up his recruitment once again. Uh, he visited Tennessee before signing with LSU, so he thought Tennessee was going to be in that mix, you know, for sure. And other teams that were involved were FSU and uh, you know a couple other ones, of course, Auburn. Uh, but it was a recruitment that did take some twists and turns. You thought maybe Julian Phillips could be headed to the NBA G League and some stuff, stuff like that, but the. I think the impact of playing for or the opportunity to play for Rick Barnes, who has a track record of putting players in the National Basketball Association, uh, developing players and all that type of stuff, was too good uh, to pass up. So now Phillips will join classmate B.J. Edwards uh, in the Vols recruiting class for 2022. This is the sixth five-star prospect that Barnes and Tennessee have landed in the past four recruiting classes. Again, this is the sixth five-star prospect at Tennessee that Rick Barnes has landed in the past four recruiting classes. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. He made the announcement on uh, with an interview of CBS HQ, and this is from Julian Phillips. I picked Tennessee because I have a great relationship with Coach Barnes and Coach Ganey and the rest of their staff. When I look at my visits, or when I took my visit there a couple months ago to campus and everything looked so beautiful, I think I could do well in their system next year, and so that's why I chose uh, them to, to, to attend. 
Uh, he went on later and said, Rick Barnes has a history with great wings. He's a great coach. They won the SEC championship last year. Uh, so they're a hot team right now. Coach Barnes is just a great guy overall. I have a great relationship with him. Uh, he talks to me about a lot of things, basketball, non-basketball things related, faith, Jesus Christ, stuff like that. He's a great guy and I'm hoping to be, uh, I think that I'm going to be happy playing under him. And again, like I said, a five-star rated 13th overall in the class of 2022 uh, by rival. So for Julian Phillips, this is also another quote from his uh, from his AAU coach, Curtis Wheeler. And this is from VolQuest.com, the impact analysis that Rob Lewis put together on Thursday. Quote, this is again from AAU coach Curtis Wheeler on Julian Phillips. He is consistent in his production, a great teammate and winner. He's very efficient offensively. He's a guy who can get to double figures, taking three to four shots a game and a couple of trips to the free throw line. His next step offensively is playing with uh, with a hand break off, taking more shots, being more assertive at times. He's not a high volume shooter. As I said, he's a great teammate, and that's how he has been raised by his parents, and that's how he's been coached. Defensively, his next step is taking advantage of his size and athleticism and really becoming the guy who he wants to guard and changes the game defensively. He has been in our program for three years and has just become more and more comfortable on the perimeter. He can play two through four depending on whether you want to play a big lineup or a small lineup. And that's the appealing thing about Julian Phillips. So again, he's six foot eight, about 175 pounds. Uh, he's a wing player. Small four, but he can play that four, right? He can play that four if you want to go a small lineup, much like Josiah Jordan-James can do for Tennessee right now. You play that four when you want to go small. Um, I wouldn't expect that a lot as a freshman because Tennessee will have Josiah back next year, but that could be an option for the future depending on you know how long he stays. He's been mocked as a first-round pick. Uh, for next year's NBA early, you know, draft mock drafts, but you know that's way down the road. We'll have to see exactly kind of what that, uh, you know, what that entails. But he's a smooth scorer, all three levels, reliable three point stroke. He's a really good three point shooter. Uh, he's got size. He's comfortable and accomplished with putting the ball on the floor, getting to the mid range, shooting up that, and he can finish at the rim as well. He really excels in the open court. Again, he's a big guy, but he has his, he's got really good ball handling skills, and he's super athletic. So. You know, gaining some weight in the in the weight room, sharpening up his tools defensively. You know, those are two things you're definitely going to get with Rick Barnes, or you won't play, especially the defensive, <laughs> the defensive aspect of that. So, you know, that gives Tennessee two commits, two signees for the class of 2022. And uh, Tennessee now, when you look at what's coming back next year in the backcourt, you'll have Josiah Jordan James, you'll have Santiago Vescovi, uh, you'll have Phillips now, newcomer Tyreek Key. Uh, those are some really really good weapons there on the perimeter. Uh, Vescovi is a returning All-SEC performer. James is one of the more experienced wing players in the SEC defensively as well. Of course, Tyreek Key, you know what he did, uh, you know, historically for Indiana State over his, you know, five years there, four years playing. Um, so this is a good get for Tennessee. This is a, a really, really good get. One of the best recruits in the class of 2022, and that's no shocker because the way and the level that Rick Barnes has been recruiting here lately has been really, really, really good. And this is maybe even be the most impactful get for Rick Barnes in this program in recent memory, simply because name, image, and likeness is a factor now, right? And you see so many guys deciding whether, hey, I'm going to go here for, for money or for here for development or for here for a little bit of both or whatever the case may be. A lot of people saying, well, Rick Barnes won't be able to compete because he doesn't like name, image, name, image and likeness. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I just think he's trying to get used to it, trying to learn, trying to adapt. Because, I mean, let's be real. He's been coaching, you know, basketball at this level for, you know, 30 plus years, and this is brand new. So this is a big get for Tennessee without a doubt. So uh, you have a couple of spots left uh, here on uh, this uh, th this roster right now. I think you have three spots left. 
You're still looking for a point guard, I would imagine, because Tennessee's been very active in trying to find a, port, uh, a point guard in the transfer portal. And with BHH, Brandon Huntley Hatfield leaving to go to Louis, uh, to Louisville, uh, you'd expect Tennessee to maybe try to find another big man as well. So uh, Tennessee, that's the latest in basketball. A five-star commit who signed on Monday, Julian Phillips, and uh, he's out of Missouri, and that is a huge, huge get for the University of Tennessee. All right, coming back to conclude a show, we'll take a little Twitter Tuesday questions, and Grant Williams, Chelsea Game 7 for the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday afternoon. Goodness gracious, we will talk about it coming up next here on Locked on Vols. But first, guys, our partners to bet online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, the news, the sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, even next season's NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live bettings to playoffs, esports, reality television, and a whole lot more. Head on over to the website today, use that mobile device, learn about all the latest trends and all the action. I love betting on NASCAR, guys. You know this NASCAR race each and every weekend, whether it be a Saturday night or a Sunday uh, afternoon. You can do you know, makes of the uh, makes and models of the uh, of the cars, teams, uh, top ten, top five, whatever the case may be. You can do stage winners. That's what I've been doing here lately on Sunday afternoons is, is going to the NASCAR ride, and you can do it too at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net. It is where the game starts. We got a final segment left here on this edition of Locked On Vols, guys. I really appreciate you hanging out with me today, as you do. And uh, thanks so much for sticking with me through the pre-recorded episodes. And, of course, uh, no episode on Monday. But we're back. We're not going to miss another show the rest of the week or the rest of the summer. Uh, that is the plan for right now. So uh, let's go ahead and get into your Twitter Tuesday questions, mailbag edition. Not a whole lot this week, and that's fair because, again, I didn't do a show on Monday. And so I didn't have a chance to really remind a lot of you guys who aren't on social media to get those in. But anytime you have a question... Uh, at underscore Kane or at Locked On Vols. I will bookmark it and save it for the next episode or the next time we do a mailbag, which is every single Tuesday here on the show. This is from Eric. Uh, he wants to know about the linebacker group uh, coming in with a lot of upperclassmen playing this year. What's the what's it look like behind those seniors, those upperclassmen? Could any young players get any action this year? Well, uh, Jeremy Banks will come back. He will be a senior next year and very easily could be drafted after next season. Uh, Juwan Mitchell will be out of eligibility following next season. Uh, you'll have Beasley, who could opt to come back again. Solon Page will be gone because this is like his 12th year in school. And then after that, you'll have um, uh, you'll have a uh, Perry, Caleb Perry, the the freshman who's not here yet, but will be this summer. And of course, uh, you will have Elijah Herring um, on the team as well, playing in the inside at linebacker. So as far as next year's concern, I mean, you got to look at. Uh, Elijah Herring to, to kind of lead that way. Uh, I think the transfer portal will also be a big factor there. You have to look at Tennessee's not done recruiting for the class of 2023. So, you know, C.J. Allen's a guy that Tennessee really, really likes. Kevon Thunderberg is a guy Tennessee likes. Grayson Howard, uh, not necessarily a lot of buzz there, but a guy that Tennessee really, really likes. A couple of other players that Tennessee's recruiting at the linebacker position. Jeremiah T. Lander, Tennessee is very much in it for him. Of the Georgia native, the transfer portal, and of course, some of these younger guys like Elijah Herring, who I think will need to step up and play a big role. Caleb uh, Beasley, 
uh, could also be, uh, you know, not Caleb Beasley. That's a 2024 defensive back from Lutzum Academy. But, uh, you know, Beasley, the uh, the guy that's on the team right now, which I don't know why I'm blank on his first name, but it'll hit me as soon as I am done recording here. But Beasley, the guy that played a whole lot last year at linebacker, uh, he could very easily opt to come back again next year. So not a whole lot of options right now. That is still a, a position group that is very, very thin, very, very limited. Um, you, you know, you don't have Aaron Willis, who entered the transfer portal. Uh, you don't have some other guys who, and really just you know the the depth of that position has not been great the past couple of seasons. So that's something that Tennessee is still trying to rectify. So um, I think transfer portal would be a big part of that after next season. If we're being completely honest with you, uh, we will go to I love dogs on Twitter, and he wants to know about any transfer targets at the linebacker position. Kind of goes hand to hand what I'm saying right now. Um, right now, there's not. There was a couple that Tennessee were in on earlier in the, the window, but um, as of right now, I doubt if Tennessee would bring in a player at the linebacker position um, in the transfer portal for this cycle. Things could always change, but there's nothing been there's not been there's not been any buzz. There's no been there's not been any names Tennessee's been linked to right now. So, uh, you know, right now the answer to that would be no. And then finally, we'll go to Jay Grass. I uh, want to know about Julian Phillips and kind of his impact and what it could look like for Tennessee. Uh, moving forward, he said, Julian Phillips, our new five-star basketball recruit. How do you think he'll fit into our current roster? What's his profile like as a player? I mentioned it a little bit there in that last segment. He's a bigger guy, six foot eight, about 178 pounds or so. He's tall. He's athletic, good ball handler, but he is a, he's an outside guy. He's a perimeter guy. He's got a good three-point shot. Um, he's working on his mid-range. He's capable there. He's good at finishing at the rim at his level right now in the AAU game, but that's something that he'll continue to have to work on. Uh, but, you know, a stroke from the outside, a perimeter player is where he feels most comfortable right now. And that's kind of where this game is evolving to for sure. You know, especially with his length, you know, he's not he's not a down low guy. He's not a seven foot guy, but he is tall. He's six foot eight. He's athletic, can play in the small the number, at the number four. If you go to a, a smaller lineup after, uh, you know, uh, Josiah Jordan James wants to lead the program if Julian Phillips is still here. But again, keep in mind, too, um, you know, just like with Kennedy Chandler, I'm not putting him on the same level, but. There's been some early NBA mock drafts that have Julian Phillips as a first-rounder, so we'll have to pay attention to that. But I think he'll fit in really, really good in this system. Uh, he will obviously have to learn how to play defense and have to bulk up a little bit, and that's nothing out of the ordinary. Okay, last up here on this Tuesday show, BFL Grant Williams leads the Boston Celtics past the Milwaukee Bucks in convincing Game 7 victory in the second round of the NBA playoffs. How about that? Grant Williams a former first-round selection by the Boston Celtics, doesn't necessarily have a home in the NBA. Old-school NBA, Grant Williams would have fit in perfectly there, right? Um, he was not a three-point shooter at Tennessee. I think he made 15 three-pointers his senior year, but that was something he added to his game as his years went on. I think he made 30 total three-point shot attempts, or 30, yeah, he made 30 shot attempts um, while you know here in Knoxville with the Volunteers. But that's something he's had to work and work and work. And on Sunday afternoon, the Bucs just left him open, and he took a ton. He took 18 three-point shot attempts. Uh, that was the most of his career. He tied an NBA record for most threes in a game with seven, an NBA uh, Game 7 playoff record with seven made three-pointers. Steph Curry's done that twice, and Marcus Morris has done that once. So it's a pretty good company there from Grant Williams, a guy that was not a three-point shooter at his time here at Tennessee. He scored a career-high 27 points. 27 points. In comparison, Jason Tatum, the leader of the Boston Celtics, of course, scored 23. But Grant Williams, a guy that is, you know, has got a whole lot of playing time throughout his early, 
you know, career here in the NBA. Don't get me wrong. He's played a lot, but he's not a starter. He's been starting here lately because Robert Woods, or excuse me, not Robert Woods, but Robert Williams uh, has been out with an injury. And so you've got uh, you've got Grant that's been stepping in and playing a whole lot of minutes in a starting role and been playing good defense. Uh, he struggled shooting the ball earlier in the series, especially in game two, but man, he really, really came on and, and you know, they he won them game seven. He flat out won them Game seven of the NBA playoffs. Again, 27 points. He shot 45% from the field, 38% from three. He was seven of 18 from three points. He had a total of six rebounds. He had two block shots. He only turned it over one time. He was plus 25 when he was on the court for the Boston Celtics on Sunday. That is really, really good. Earlier in the series, he scored... Three points in uh, game six. He scored three, or excuse me, he scored two points in game six. No points in game five. He scored nine points in game four. He scored nine points in game three. And I don't have the others here right now at the top of my head. But uh, he's looked really, really good so far in this series. And, you know, now the Boston Celtics, at least he did in game seven. And now the Boston Celtics are moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals to take on the Miami Heat in large part because of Grant Williams. He averaged overall in the season seven points a game, three rebounds, one assist. Um, you know, I mean, he's only six foot six, right? He's not even a tall guy. He's six foot six, about 240 pounds, uh, 23 years old. And again, he was selected 22nd overall back in the 2019 NBA draft. So Grant Williams, that's six foot six. You know, that's by the NBA website as well. That's a little shorter than I remember him being here in Tennessee. But that's awesome to see Grant Williams perform the way he has for the Celtics this year, this playoffs, and especially later against the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in Game 7 against the Bucks. that is, uh, for the Boston Celtics. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome to see. And that's going to do it here for this edition of Locked on Vols, your Tuesday edition. There'll be plenty more stuff coming up later this week. Trust me, we got uh, loads and loads to get into. I'm going to have a really, really, really good interview. Call my shot right now. It's either going to be at the end of this week or it's going to be next week. An interview you're not going to want to miss. Trust me, as a Tennessee Volunteer fan, this is an interview you are not going to want to miss. So I'm looking forward uh, to that. Guys, thank you so much as always. Locked on Vols, weekday mornings when you wake up on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for making Locked on Vols your first listen. Now let's check out Locked on SEC. Chris Gordy, Locked on SEC, same drill. Make that your second listen, though, right after Locked on Vols, your first listen each and every day. Guys, thanks so much. Couldn't do it without you. We'll do it again tomorrow, though. And until then, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Tuesday, everybody.